The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel. I'm the host for this podcast and co-founder. My husband is co-founder of the podcast. If you have a story that you'd like to share with us, please reach out. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com, or you can just go to our website and send us a form there requesting that you be on the podcast. Our website, <clears throat> excuse me, our website is theaddictionpodcast.com. Today's episode is episode number 328, and today we have an interview. But before I get into that, just a reminder to please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you would be so kind as to give us a five-star review, then when people need help in the area of addiction, they will find us. Also, please check out our YouTube channel, subscribe to our channel, and once again, give our videos a thumbs up so that people will find us when they need help. <clears throat> Excuse me, just getting over allergies here. Okay, so today we have an interview with a woman named Diane Urban. And Diane is the founder of Appalled, A-P-A-L-D, Association of People Against Lethal Drugs. She established Appalled as a result of losing her son, Jordan Garmeter, to illicit fentanyl on April 6th, 2019. I'm going to read in her words now. My son suffered from substance use disorder. He was drug-free for eight months when he developed a wisdom tooth growing in the wrong way. His face was swollen and in pain. He worked part-time and only had Medicaid insurance, so he couldn't get into a dentist for two weeks out. Jordan continued to work with his extreme pain, but with one week left to see the dentist, he made the mistake of going to get drugs to ease his pain. What he got was almost 100% fentanyl. It killed him. When Diane got the toxicology report and found out it was fentanyl, she discovered that it comes from China, then to Mexico and across the borders. So she decided to do something about it. She found it appalled. They have rallies and they, by this time, they will have had their third annual rally. The message is to bring awareness of illicit fentanyl, and it's the leading cause of death in Americans age 18 to 45. Without further ado, let's talk to Diane Urban. So Diane Urban, thank you so much for being willing to be on the podcast today and telling us your story and Jordan's story. Thank you very much for having me. Let me speak. Absolutely. Diane, tell us just a little bit about Jordan and, you know, his childhood. Um, I know he had, um, I know he had a drug habit at one point. Kind of tell us what, what led up to that. Um, you know, I'm not really sure entirely what led up to it. I mean, we've talked about it before he died, of course, uh, he came to me with his drug addiction problem, um, and he didn't believe that he could get addicted. Uh, he just started mm -hmm. experimenting with, you know, drugs, uh, you know, pot, uh, cocaine, and, uh, you know, he just didn't see, like, he could get addicted to it. Um, and how so old anyway, was he when he came to you? Um, he was probably about uh, 20, 21. Okay. So he didn't start using until, you know, like, uh, I don't know, was out of the house after school, so... 
Okay. But he came to me and, uh, you know, uh, I got him detox and rehab, um, because he ended up getting addicted to heroin. Um, and so, uh, heroin is a very hard, uh, lethal drug to just stop using. Um, I know a lot of, there's a lot of uh, mental illness uh, issues and, you know, both have the sides of the family. Mm. Um, so I, I think there's some underlying issues there, but, um, you know, basically, I mean, he just, um, he was a wonderful person that just got caught up into something that got caught, you know, that took a hold of him and he was at his wits end on how to, you know, to get help. But he but, came uh, to you for help and you got him help, help yeah. right? And yeah. once, once he admitted to his addiction and he came to me and, you know, told me what was going on, I mean, he was all in for recovery and to doing what it takes, you know, to get clean and, you know, to live a good life. Right. You know, having said that, my son never got into trouble. Even when he was on drugs, he always worked full time. Um, he, You know, you would never know it. I mean, I didn't know it. Right. They so, um, call that, I think, really, a, a functioning addict. Yeah. Just yeah. like functioning, uh, you know, alcoholics, a functioning yeah. addict. Exactly. So, um, but he was a, he grew up as a, a wonderful child, um, well-liked and loved by everyone. Anyone that ever met Jordan either liked or loved him a whole lot because he just was so giving and he had such a good heart and a wonderful sense of humor. Mm. And uh, he was really big into sports and, uh, so he, and he was actually an aspiring uh, recording artist. Hmm. So That's right. I read that. He had written a couple songs. Yeah. And he had one professionally recorded and it was called Nightmare. And what it was depicted between him and like what he called the Reaper, which was his drug addiction that he just couldn't, you know, it just was constantly, you know, after he was trying to get away from it, you know, as, as best he could. And uh, so it was kind of a, it was a good song, but it was also heartbreaking because you, you could feel what he's going through. Right. But um, we did get him help, and um, he did get clean. Um, he relapsed one time after a few months, and uh, got right back on the you know the wagon, and you know was doing great. And uh, he was clean, I think, for almost eight months when um, he developed a, a severe wisdom tooth issue, and he was working part time at the time and could only afford you know to get Medicaid insurance. Uh, so if you look around me, um, there's not very many clinics that takes uh, dentists, a dentist that takes a uh, Medicaid patient. So he had to wait for two mm. weeks out to get this his swollen face, you know, and poof, tooth pulled out, you know. Yeah. So but he worked and he went through the pain with the swollen face for a week. And uh, the night before he died, he reached out, you know, to drugs uh, to get what he thought was his choice of drugs uh, to help ease his pain. And what he got was fentanyl, enough to kill eight people in his system. And I had read his phone the next day after he died and the police left that um, one of his last texts he sent before he died was um, his best friend. And got on, you know, um, his phone and said, hey, do you want to play Xbox? And he said, no, this tooth pain is melting my soul away. And mm -hmm. so he was going through some excruciating pain. I mean, it was visible. And um, but so he made that one wrong choice and that one rad decision, you know, made the choice to, you know, to go back to the drug and cause a possible rel relapse or whatever. But instead, you know, I mean, he just died instantly because of, you know, all that fentanyl in there. I'm I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, yeah. so, it's devastating. In, in, in two days, it'll be four years that he's been gone. Oh, I'm and, sorry. Uh, you know, I had, you know, you, people might think that, you know, one year goes by, two years goes by, three years go by, that it gets easier, but it doesn't. No. I mean, I woke up this morning and it was first thing on top of my mind was that, you know, my God, it's almost been four years and, you know, it's really rough. And it's really rough. I, I, I can only imagine I have two boys. I can only imagine. Yeah. So he didn't die of an overdose and we've yeah. made this point several times recently on the podcast. He did not die of an overdose. There is a tendency on the part of 
some individuals who should be perhaps taking more responsibility for this. And I'm talking about government individuals who like to say that, the, oh, this is just another overdose. It's not an overdose. It's murder. It's poisoning. It is. There, there's there's no difference in if I gave you a drink with arsenic in it. There's no difference. Yet it doesn't quite get treated that way. No. Um, I first uh, started uh, as a result of my son's death. Um, once I got the toxicology report back and I saw the word fentanyl because I honestly thought that maybe he did overdose. Right. Because, you know, he relapsed after being clean eight months and, you know, who knows, maybe he took too much, you know. And he was in a lot of pain. So right. it would have been understandable. So, yeah. yeah. So I looked at that word fentanyl, uh, the number one cause of, you know, this death and uh, on his uh, certificate. And, uh, and I'm like, what, what is fentanyl? And so the first thing I did was went to the internet and I looked it up and I looked at, you know, and I learned about fentanyl and how, you know, it's an illicit drug that's, you know, um, made in China for the most part, they send it to Mexico, uh, the final ingredient, and they mix it all up there, then it crosses our borders. And I got really, really, really angry. And so about uh, four or five months into the loss of Jordan, I decided to just at the time to start a Facebook group because I thought I got to do something and, you know, warn people because, uh, you know, this could happen to anyone that happens to have a relapse or, you know, uh, just want to try a drug for the first time. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, it could kill you one try and you can die. Right. Um, so, yeah. So then I started my Facebook group, just family and friends, and then it expanded and got bigger. And, uh, you know, we started having these, uh, nationwide rallies once a year. And, uh, and so now we're a 501c3 nonprofit and, uh, we try to do everything we can to bring awareness to, to fentanyl. But I started using that word fentanyl poisoning way back when my son died, when I found out what it was, it was no more accidental overdose. Mm -mm. You know, it's, it's, it was fentanyl poisoning at the very least. Just out of curiosity, did his death certificate say overdose or did it say fentanyl poisoning? No, it said uh, overdose on the line, but then below it, the uh, whoever did the certificate wrote in there, handwritten in there, accidental overdose in parentheses. It was handwritten in, accidental overdose. Sometimes. The hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 866-989-4499 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount. Or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. Yeah. So yeah, that's the word they use, I guess, mostly around my area is accidental overdose. Which yeah. implies that my son sat there just doing, you know, so much drugs that he just, you know, died. And that's not what happened. No. My son had plans the next day. I mean, he had plans. I mean, you know, there was no way he wanted to die. Right. Right. He wanted to take, he wanted to handle the pain, which I understand. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't have a legal recourse to do that. So I get that. But the fact that it's labeled as an overdose is, it's just wrong and it's disrespectful. It, you know, it's poisoning. And I'm, I realize I'm preaching to the choir, but it's, I watched a hearing um, on one of the committees, the government committees in DC. And, you know, there were individuals there who kept saying, oh yeah, you know, overdose, it's a big problem and addiction. That's not what this is. That's not what you're talking about. And no. like I say, I'm preaching to the choir. You know more oh, about it than I do. 
Oh yeah, you'd be surprised. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I just went and visited an organization locally with me, and uh, you know, they don't approve. You know, they don't believe in you know approaching it directly. You know, in the schools by you know talking about fentanyl poisoning and how you could lose your life because they think it might traumatize the teenagers. Well, okay. But if yeah. it traumatizes to them, yeah. them to the point where they don't buy a Percocet or a Xanax off of TikTok yeah. or Snapchat, yeah. good thing. Well, their evidence is based off of how they gather their studies. Is based, it was based on the year 2017. Oh. Uh, so their their motto was uh, too good to use, too good to use drug. That's what they try to preach to these high schoolers instead of, you know, warning them of how lethal and dangerous drugs are. I mean, so, yeah, so that's what we're facing, you know, and. Uh, so uh, that's one thing I'm going to you know work on in the fall in my own area in Ohio is uh, trying to get in the schools and explain you know the real story with you know drugs and you know uh, it can be very toxic and uh, they need our our I think our high school children need to be scared. Yes, I agree. You experiment, so, you can die. Yeah, I mean back in my day when I was younger, I mean way younger, uh, it was like you wouldn't want to try drugs because you might become addicted. Right. But now, I mean, you try it and you know you could just die right there. So. Yeah. Yep. So tell me about your organization. Tell us the name and, and what you guys are doing. Okay. Um, I founded Appalled, and Appalled stands for Association of People Against Lethal Drugs. Um, I founded the group uh, because of my son's death, and I wanted to bring awareness. What we're mostly known for right now is our nationwide rallies. Um, we're going on have our third nationwide rallies um, this Saturday, May 6th. Um, right now, we have 30 cities across America all rallying um, on the same day to bring awareness to illicit fentanyl and also to secure our border. And so, yeah, so we got people from you know, Sacramento, California to Niagara Falls, New York, and everywhere in between. Uh, we're all going to be doing it the same day. Uh, May 6th, right? Yeah, yeah, it's on a Saturday. Okay. It was the first, first time we did it on a Saturday because a lot of people said they had to work. And uh, so we decided to go with the weekend date this year on a Saturday. So. So, yeah, we're really excited. It's a lot going on. It's been very, very busy. Um, you know, um, I would imagine that there are way more people experiencing the loss of kids than most people are aware of. Yeah. Yes. And then there's so many that's, uh, you know, in my group now that I know of that, um, you know, they've died and their grandparents are raising their kids now. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know. The mother and father's out of the picture. They both used together and died, or one died and one's gone. So it's grandparents raising, you know, you know, their children's kids. And uh it's just it's a whole stressor on the whole family. I mean, they're going through a loss and they have to raise, you know, young children and uh and yeah, they're just uh there's just so much loss. I mean, you know, people look at the numbers and say, like, okay, we lost 107,000 people last year to drugs, of which probably 75, 80% were fentanyl related. Right. So if one person dies, that affects the mother, the father, the grandparents, you know, the brothers, the sisters, the aunts, the cousins. I mean, it just, it just is, it's a ripple effect. It right. destroys families and lives and it's just, it's horrible. Yep. And so I want no one to ever have to go through that. So um, this is what I do, what I do. Um, I do this to help because I, you know, if I say one person, I mean, a year, I mean, I'm, you know. You are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast or to reach out, if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com 
or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com, or call us at 727-314-7080. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. And I appreciate it because I know that, you know, with the loss of Jordan, it would be another option for you to just give in to the grief and want to close down. And the fact that instead you are, you know, you have this organization and you are all about getting out there and educating people and excuse my bad word, but kicking butt and taking names. And that, and that's really, I think what is needed more than anything else right now. Yeah, it really is. We need more people. Um, I mean, we, there are, you know, some other groups out there like-minded, like appalled, but, uh, you know, you would think with all the hundreds of thousands of people that die, I mean, that you get more people involved, but, um, I think I just think it's too much for people to do. They go through grief and they get stuck in it and they just can't find their way out, you know? Yeah. And I understand that. I mean, everybody's different. I'm not sure why God made me this way. And, you know, I can, you know, get past the pain, you know, for the most part and push forward to help. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. This is where I, this is where I landed in life. Exactly. And I think it's healthier. I think what you do is healthier. Diane, right before um, we went live today on the, well, we're not live, but right before we recorded today, you sent me a song. Tell yeah. us about that song. How did that song come about? Oh my God. That song has been in the works for months. Um, one of my members, uh, a great uh, member, she's been a member of Pulse, I think since pretty much day one, Robin Golden Trotter. She uh, has a friend of hers whose name's Bruce James. And um, he's a recording artist that he works with this, uh, gospel singer guy i'm not really sure how to pronounce his name but i think it's attached to the video's name of the song jozu but, um, maybe i i saw it but yeah, i didn't no, get it either I, I yeah okay i'm not trying i don't want to try to hack it so <laughs> try, but uh but anyway i sent you the link but yeah he got with me um bruce james did because he's robin's friend and he said you know hey we had a video that we made during the covid to recognize our you know people who's out there that's you know died and you know uh give hope to, you know, what we're going through in the pandemic where people were dying and, you know, prices were going up and everybody was like, there was uncertainty. Right. So what he wanted to do was like, you know, kind of, you know, reframe this to the fentanyl crisis. And so what he did was he made a special video, you know, just with this song and it, it talks about loss and hope. Right. Because, you know, like I told him, you know, right now I said, us people, you know, fighting this fight, we don't have much hope. I mean, it's hard to even get acknowledgement, you know, but, you know, to have hope. So what the video is about, um, it's about, you know, it's about, uh, you know, life, it's about loss, and it's about hope for what yep. we could possibly do ahead. And it's a tribute, you know, to, the, you know, just uh, like 112 or 104 angels, you know, that's lost, you know, that they're played throughout the video. Yeah. But um, it's a very powerful song. I mean, I watch it and I see all those faces. And then, you know, there's other video of message, messaging in between there. And um, it's just all about, you know, where we're at right now. And we need, you know, some action in America, like right away. Yep. You know, so we can have hope and, you know, our families can, you know, grow together and, and be happy. And, you know, these drugs will be off our streets. And uh, I mean, they'll probably never be off our streets. But, you know, there's so many drugs on our streets now with all, you know, the the cartels and, you know, coming across our points of entry, our borders, north and south, uh, you know, east and west. So, uh, but yeah, nonetheless, it's a beautiful song. And um, I would encourage, you know, anyone um, to please watch it and share it because um, it's just what the... Uh, it's hard to play unless you see it. So I would encourage you to hopefully you have time to watch and, it later. But and no, I watched it. I definitely watched it. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes for this particular oh. episode, because I think it's very impactful. It's a beautiful song. The singers yeah. are wonderful. And yeah. 
the photographs of the kids and the young people, yeah. not just kids, but the young people who have died is, is very impactful. So you, you, um, you have your rally. Do you also do a rally in Washington or are these mostly state rallies? Um, I do mine and, uh, uh, just all over the all over the United States. So, like I said, okay. we have a uh, we have in this year on April, May sixth, we have a uh, you know California, New York, Texas, Indiana, Florida, Kansas, Washington, all the state, all these states are lined up. We don't go to Washington D.C. Okay. We might someday, but not not we don't right now. Now, there's another group out there. They go one time a year to D.C. Uh, for their just one big rally a year. But I spread mine out over the country because you know some people can't afford to go to the D.C. one every year. Right. And it means a lot to people to be in their hometown and have a rally and stand out there, you know, on the streets holding their sides high, you know, you know, fentanyl yep. poisoning, you know, not an overdose, you know, stop fentanyl deaths, you know. Yep. And, you know, the people that show up these rallies are people that the Narcan suppliers show up to our rally. We have recovery centers show up to our rallies with tables of their information, rehab and detox centers. They're there to hand out their resources and information. So it's a community event, you know, based, you know, for all, for their, each individual community across America on that day. Yeah. And it makes me feel good that, you know, to get out there. And it does make you feel good when you're out there, you know, and the news crew comes and they, you know, they, they're, they're get you on tape and you get to tell your story. And so it really helps. Well, it gives you a voice, which is, which is what we're doing with a podcast. We want to give you a voice because people need to listen. People need to learn from you. And I, we appreciate what you do so very much. Diane, if you had a message to give to our listeners and we, we, from what we know, we have addicts in recovery. We likely have people who are addicted as we speak, but we also know that we have a lot of family and friends of people who are addicted, if you could give them just one message on this topic, what would you want to say? I would say that um, everyone should have Narcan in their house. Everyone should carry Narcan in their car. Just because, you know, first of all, where you go, no matter where you go today, I mean, someone could be overdosing somewhere and you could save a life possibly. Um, I would say get involved. I mean, when someone has a rally in your town, if you don't want to hold one, you know, get involved with your community, you know, go up there, you know, even if you didn't per se lose someone like your child, I mean, it could be anybody's child. So get involved, you know, with your community events, you know, that pertains to this. So, you know, you know, more people will gather to know it's just not just about this, maybe like, you know, like a small town, like I live in a very small town where maybe like 10 or 20 people have lost their life to fentanyl. I live in an extremely small town, but some of the bigger town, you know, you want people, the community come together and be a part of it and be supportive. So be supportive, um, you know, you know, uh, I mean, we're always looking for volunteers, but, you know, however you want to volunteer on your own or whatever, I mean, but, you know, get educated. You know, we have uh, information, you know, at Appalled um, about, you know, the dangers of fentanyl. We, uh, you know, have statistical information. We have, you know, school posters you could put up in, you know, in your schools. Um, so, yeah, just education, education, education. Right. Diane, say the website. Say what your website is. Our website is weareappalled.org. So that's W E A R E A P A L D dot org. Okay. And if someone wanted to reach out to you, they could reach out to you through the website, yeah. right? Yep. Diane, thank you for what you're doing. Once again, I'm very sorry for your loss. Um, I I can only imagine being a mom. And thank you though for turning your grief into something that is going to save lives. I know it saves lives. You may not hear about them all, but I know it does. Yeah, I don't hear about it, but that's okay. I mean, this is my path. I'll be doing, you know, probably for the rest of my duration, you know, in life. So doing what I can. 
Thank you. And thanks for talking to us today and telling us about it. And thank you very much. And for also posting that link to the video. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, while this interview is, uh, it's now after the rally that occurred on May 6th, we um, will put up some photos of those rallies. And we did let you know about it beforehand, and we will keep you posted as to what happens there. Diane is hoping that she can get in front of Congress, and I hope the same thing. So thank you for listening. We'll be back again with another interview. You have been listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, reach out to us on Facebook or go to www.theaddictionpodcast.com. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com.